the second episode of Becoming No One. I'm your host, Big Taj. Last week, we talked about understanding energy, and this week, we're going to dive into human design and the energy of each element. Y'all, I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I'm so excited to teach today's lesson because human design hands down changed my life. Um, I literally was scrolling through TikTok one day and TikTok always gets me, but I'm scrolling through TikTok and this lady is talking about human design and how there are five different energy types, manifest and generator, generator, reflector, projector, and manifester. And so I'm like, listen to her talk about this and y'all know me. I am a rabbit hole type of girl. My self-expression is directly tied to higher learning. So I go down the rabbit hole and I'm like, let me just see what she's talking about. She was saying that it's a mix between astrology and Chinese Ching. Um, so I'm like, okay, let me look into it. Now, y'all, I was on that computer. I think I saw this probably six o'clock in the afternoon. I was on the computer until four o'clock in the morning reading books, looking up what I can find because I honestly couldn't believe my eyes. This is the first time I had ever heard of this. And when I found out I was a generator, it said, when you're out of alignment, it appears as frustration. And I cannot tell y'all how frustrated I have been my entire life. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, I got to make this my duty to learn more about this information. So I really, really dive deep into it. And as y'all know, I give human design readings now. Why? Not because I'm trying to make a financial gain, but because I think everybody should know this information because I have been living according to my energetic type for, I would probably say, since March this year, and I've been the happiest I have ever been in my entire life. And it's made me so self-aware because now I know how I'm supposed to be operating. We live in a society that teaches us that everybody is manifestors or treats us like everybody is manifestors. They have a real just go out there and do a type of attitude. But manifestors are 8% of the population. That means almost 92% of us cannot just go out and do it. Okay, but that's how we're treated. So it's so many of us who feel like we're failures or feel like we can't find our footing and we can't find our way. And it's because we live in a society that's not treating us according to our energetic type. So I'm going to tell you all about this today. Um, again, I do do human design readings. I do mommy and me readings because I'm about the kids. Okay, I've always been about the kids. I came from somewhat of a traumatic background. So I feel like had my parents knew under or knew and understood my energetic um, makeup, maybe they could have parented me differently. So now I'm open up the floor for parents to come to me and for me to look at their charts, look at their, the dad's charts, look at all their kids charts and see where their energy affects their kids, where their kids energy affects them and what they can do to make adjustments so that their kids don't feel unseen, unheard, and all of that. And in addition to that, so many of our kids are being diagnosed with ADHD and ADD behavior. And I think that's because a lot of us are being treated as manifestors and most of us are generators or manifesting generators, 70% of the population. Okay. So if your kid is not getting enough sleep, according to their energetic design, for manifesting generators and generators is going to be you need to have enough activity throughout your day. If you do not, you are going to suffer from insomnia and insomnia mimics ADHD and ADD behavior. Okay. If you're a projector or reflector or a manifester, you need to go to sleep before you get tired. If you wear yourself out, you are not going to get enough sleep. So if your parent is putting you in rigorous sports, putting you in all these activities, you are not going to be able to get the sleep that you need in order for you to feel recharged. If you're a manifester, projector, or reflector, and you are sleeping next to a parent or sleeping next to a sibling who is a manifesting generator or a generator, you are going to be taking in their life force energy throughout the night and amplifying it. You will never get an opportunity to recharge your own energy, okay, so that you can operate and, and function at your highest ability, okay? People need to know this type of information because so many of our kids are being put on medication so that 
we can fix the issue of ADHD and ADD behavior. When I think a lot of us are just suffering from insomnia and we don't know how to energetically sleep. So I want to talk about that as well, because I think that is going to help a lot of people in our community. So boom, let's get into it. So I talked about how human design kind of follows the path of astrology and it has astrology components. Well, it also follows our chakra system. Now there are nine energy centers, but seven of them are aligned with our main seven chakras. And then we have two additional centers that we need to look out outside of that. Now, before we get into what those nine centers are, first you need to understand how an energy circuit works right? So we have open circuits. Now these are going to be all the white circuits in your chart. Okay. Now in that area, that is where you actually receive signals. You remember when I said in the last podcast, we are like radios, we're constantly receiving signals and outputting signals all day. Any spot in your chart where you have a white open space that is not defined is a, is the spot where you take in information and you amplify it. Okay. It's not sustainable energy. You have to get it from somebody else and it's not something that you can maintain or get it from within yourself. The universe is literally just an open circuit. We send out information into the universe. It takes that information in, amplifies it and sends that right back to us. Okay. And then the opposite is a defined center. Now defined center is going to be the colored in centers in your chart. Now this is where you actually output information. So it kind of makes you immune to certain things because you're outputting information in this area. Okay. So it is very sustainable energy. It is something that you can get from yourself and something that you create can create yourself. All right. So now that we understand how these two circuit types work, whether they're open or defined, we'll go into what the energy centers are. And the first one is the head. The head we're going to say is the crown chakra, and it is responsible for us getting our inspiration. So if you have an open head center, you cannot get your inspiration from yourself. You have to be inspired by other people. What I mean by that is if you're at a conference and say a motivational speaker is speaking and they're telling you like, hey, when you go home, I need you to do X, Y and Z. When you're in their energy within six feet of their work field, when you're in their energy, um, you will feel super inspired. But then you will go home and you will not be able to follow through on whatever commitment that you made because you're no longer in their energy and that energy there is not sustainable for you. Okay, you're going to feel inspired by a lot of things. Um, You're also going to feel the pressure to want to act on them because the head center is actually a pressure center. Okay, which means that you are going to be inspired by a lot of things and you're going to feel the pressure to start them. So that means that you are going to start a lot of things and not finish them. The people around you may feel like you're a little chaotic because they can't understand why you can't finish things. Okay, but what you need to understand is you have an open center and you need to. Uh, recognize what is actually aligned with you and what is not. Okay. Now, when you have a defined head center, you get your inspiration from yourself. So if you're sitting in that same conference, listen to that motivational speaker and they tell you to go home and do X, Y, and Z, you are a, you're going to be able to go home and get that done. It kind of makes you immune to that pressure center. Okay. That pressure to want to act. So when you do get inspired by things, you're not going to act on everything that you get inspired by, which is kind of, it kind of works for you, but you also give inspiration to other people as well. Okay. So people with open head centers are subject to mental pressures. And what that means for them is they're going to be the ones who are constantly questioning things in their head, looking for the whys, looking for the answers. And what they need to understand is, is that they're just meant to process the questions. They don't need a logical answer to everything. Okay, so the second center is the Andre Center or the Third Eye Center. And this center is responsible for like certainty and awareness. Um, People who typically have an open Andre Center are people who see things from like a bird's eye view, people who see things from a uh, bigger perspective. They tend to be very fair in situations. They tend to be empathetic and they tend to have open minds. They have more than one way of thinking about situations. Um, But the caveat to this is that it could be really hard for them to make decisions because now they understand both sides of the situation. Okay. Whereas somebody who has a defined Andre center, this is like the energy they exude there. Um, again, it has to do with conceptualizing ideas, thoughts, all of that. 
Um, they usually have a narrow way of thinking. Um, they're usually unmovable in that area. Now, a defined center is easier to fix than an open center. Um, however, it just works as like an information center for people with a defined center. Now, what's really cool is when someone has a defined center and they meet somebody with an open Andre center, that person could have had a question that they were pondering that entire day. And when they come within six feet of that person's auric field, they can be literally at a coffee shop. That question will now drop into the person with the open Andre's head. And now they're going to spend the rest of the day going back and forth with this question that is not even theirs. So it's really interesting when you start getting into this, you'll start to pay attention to what's yours and what's coming from the outside. Like um, eventually you'll be like, why the hell am I thinking about this? I wasn't thinking about this all day. Well, if you understand your energetic type and you understand where you receive information, you'll have your answer. Now you may be asking yourself, Taja, why are you telling me? Why is this important? Well, this is important because if you have an open Andra center, you are constantly going to receive information there. That means that if you are within six feet of somebody, you are going to pick up their thoughts as if it is your own. Now, as a person like me who has an open head and an open Andra center, I have dealt with anxiety and depression my entire life. And half of the thoughts that I was thinking did not belong to me. And now, because I am aware of this, my spirit team can direct me. Like I was with these girls, I would probably say weeks and weeks ago, I was with a whole group of girls and I was in the bathroom and I kept hearing in my head, go tell them that their exes are going to come back. Go tell them that their exes are going to come back. And I blew it off the first couple of times. And then I heard it again. And I said, you know what, whatever, let me just go tell them, be careful because you know, the energy that's in the air today, Leo's in retrograde. Let me tell them that their exes may come back. I go in there and I say that and one of the girl's faces hit the fucking floor and she was like, oh my gosh, that is so crazy that you said that and yada, yada, yada. Y'all, for the next three days, because I was with a group of girls all day, for the next three days, I continuously kept thinking about my ex and I don't want to talk to my ex. But if I would have not gotten the pre-warning, I would not have known that that was not my energy that I was picking up. That was her energy that I was picking up. And had I not known, I might have hit up my ex. Imagine that. Okay. So knowing this information is important because it saves you a lot of trouble of trying to figure out what are your thoughts and what are other people's thoughts. Now, the next center, I bet you guessed it, is the throat center of the throat chakra. Now, this is responsible for communication and manifestation. So if you have an open throat center, you're going to be the interrupting cow moo people. Okay, you're going to be the people who tend to blurt things out because you feel the pressure to speak. All right. Um, and. You also are going to be really good at impersonations. You'll be really good at learning multiple languages because you are able to speak and appeal to multiple different people in various ways. Okay, so you guys make good motivational speakers, good teachers, good educators, good therapists, because you are able to change the way that you're speaking to suit that person. Whereas somebody with a defined center, it really just depends on what it's connected to. So if they're throat center is connected to their anja center they're a person who speaks their mind if their throat center is connected to their emotional solar plexus then they're a person who probably is really good at communicating their needs and their emotions so that defined center just depends on what is connected to okay now what's interesting about this center is if someone has like a defined throat and their throat is connected to their emotions now i see this in relationships i literally just did a reading like this the other day her throat was connected to her emotions and she was a person who liked to talk about her emotions. Her partner had a hanging gate right there, meaning that one, they didn't even have a defined throat, but two, it was not connected to any type of emotion. Okay. So she found herself constantly want to talk, wanting to talk about her emotions and talking about the problems in the relationship where he felt like he couldn't. And because he was an open throat, usually the person with the open throat will either shut down or have trouble communicating their feelings. So what you kind of do in this situation is go to a cafe or go to a market or go to a place where there are a lot of people around so that you can pick up on the energy of them. And that will allow you to be able to communicate better.
Now, this next center is super important. It's called your G center or your identity center. It's responsible for love, life direction, and then also your identity. Okay. And what's interesting is if someone has an open identity center, they are usually able to understand other people's sense of self and direction because they take in other people's identities and experience it experience it for themselves. Okay. So they may pick up other people's lingo. They may be more prone to be in groups or cliques or needing something like that. Um, so you have to really watch kids who have open identity centers and make sure that they're really around the right people because they have to be in the right places and around the right people at the right times. Um, if they end up hanging with the wrong crowd, they could really fall into some, you know, unfavorable things. So, um, Many of these people who have open identity centers end up being afraid that they're unlovable. They end up being way more vulnerable to self-esteem issues uh, because the way that they love is constantly changing. So their needs are super different. Okay. So a parent who has a kid who has an open identity center needs to really make sure that they're around the right community and make sure that they have time to recalibrate and recharge by themselves because they can actually get lost in other people. Okay, and they can lose parts of themselves. And then once that relationship breaks with their friends, they may feel lost and confused about what direction they want to go in life or who they actually are, because now they're out of that energy of that other person. Now, this next part about to get somebody hot, but. People who have a defined center here are the people who are here to give love, okay? They're here to raise the vibration. I am one of those people, okay? These are people who have always innately known who they were. They have core values and things about themselves that are unshaken or unable to be changed by other people, okay? So there are people who are kind of not immune to peer pressure, but there are certain boundaries that they're not willing to cross for anyone, no matter what is said to them, okay? Um, but what's interesting is in when a defined meets an open, like if you're dating someone and you're open and they're defined, whoever the defined is, no matter what the gender is, is the person who is supposed to be leading the relationship. Why? Because they're able to get direction from themselves. Whereas someone who has an open center is not able to get direction from themselves. Okay. They need direction from other people. They are here to experience other people, but they don't need like a life purpose or a life direction. Whereas the other person does. So if you are the defined person in the relationship and you have a defined identity center, you are supposed to be the leader of the relationship. If you're in a friend group and you have the defined center, you are supposed to be the leader. You're supposed to be setting the standard, setting the example. Now, the next center is the emotional solar plexus. And y'all, had I have known that I had an open emotional solar plexus, I would have literally saved myself so much pain in life, okay? So your emotional solar plexus, if you have an open one, it makes you a very empathetic person. Now, the reason why you're an empath is because you are here to experience other people through their emotions. So you're constantly, if you're within six feet of that person, taking in other people's emotions and if you don't know that you have an open emotional solar plexus, you are going to internalize it as if it is your own. For example, when I was a kid, I was constantly around people who were dealing with anxiety, with depression, with self-worth issues. And I internalized that as being things that I had. And I didn't. The moment that I got out of those people's energy, my energy completely changed. Okay, so people with open emotional solar plexus end up being the people who become people pleasers. They become overly nice because they understand other people's emotional energy. They become really good at sales because they're able to read the energy of the client and tailor their responses specifically to that person. I told y'all, I still think to this day, I'm the number one salesperson in the country. I made a company 1.3 million in one singular day as a sales manager. The next company, $600,000 in all of seven months, okay? Because I know how to appeal to other people. I know exactly what to say to pull on those heartstrings, okay? So these people are really good at sales, but they often tend to live a secret life as well. People may look at them as being weak, and that is definitely not the case. It's just that these people have access to other people's emotions, and they're amplifying it. 
constantly. Okay. Now, when you have a defined solar plexus, this is a motor center. So it means that it works in waves. And what does that mean? They're cycles. Okay. So this is something you can actually track, but it means that you have constant access to emotion. So you may have very high highs and very low lows, and you just need to understand that that works in cycles and keep an emotional journal and figure out how you're feeling each day. Track this for three months and you'll be able to figure out what your cycle is and you'll be able to tell when that energy is coming. OK, and this low energy is not a bad thing. This melancholy energy, it isn't a bad thing. OK, it's the energy to sit you down so that you can strategize so that you can plan so that you can put your whatever your dreams are into perspective and come up with a way to execute them. OK, but if you look for a reason of why you're depressed, you are going to become depressed and you have to understand this. OK, but what's interesting is when an open meets a defined, the open in the argument is going to be the one screaming their head off. But they're not the emotional person. The person who has constant access to the emotions is the defined person. But the one with the open is going to seem like they're the ones who are innately emotional or explosive or impulsive. But it's not their energy. They're just taking the energy in from the other person and amplifying it. Okay. Now, the next center is the sacral center. And this is responsible for workforce energy and life force energy. Okay. So. People who have an open sacral center, which is the most important motor center you have in your body. People who have an open sacral center are usually people who suffer from insomnia. And the reason being is, is they have to go to sleep before they get tired. But what happens is if they're around generators, which is 70% of the freaking population, they're able to take in that energy and amplify it. Okay. So what tends to happen is they're the people in the room who are working the hardest, but the energy is not sustainable for them, which means is people typically look at them as being lazy because they need naps or they need a moment to themselves because they're constantly taking in that energy and amplifying it. They can work a lot for a short period of time, but it's just not a sustainable energy. So what tends to happen with people with open uh, sacral centers is about 40 years old they throw up their fucking hands and they be like look i'm done and they don't want to do anything that they used to want to do especially projectors okay they don't want to do anything that they used to want to do because they were taking in this energy that wasn't theirs and they were treating it as a sustainable energy and it's just not sustainable for them okay and they tend to suffer from insomnia because they end up being wore out at the end of the day. And that's not how they're designed. These people are here to live and eat. I don't want to say easy life, but kind of, sort of, maybe. Okay. They don't work. They don't, they're not here to work conventional nine to five jobs. They don't typically work for them. They need flexibility in their schedules. They need naps throughout the day. Like, that's their life. Okay. Whereas if you're a generator of a manifesting generator, and you have a defined center, you have constant access to this workforce, life force energy, and it is very sustainable for you. You are here to be a worker bee. Okay. You are here to make the honey. Okay. You are here to execute the plan. All right. So having this defined center, when someone has an open center and they come into contact, especially if you're in a relationship and you guys have these opposite centers, the person with the open center is constantly going to be taking in that life force energy. It's also sexual energy as well, but they'll be taking in that life force energy and amplifying it throughout the night. And they're going to need days throughout the week where they need to sleep alone so that they're able to recharge that center. Otherwise, it's constantly going to be going and it's just going to wear them out and tire them out. And again, like I said, when they get to 40, they're going to throw up their hands and be like, F this S-H-I-T. Okay. <laughs> so if you have an open center, please, please, please make sure that you are sleeping alone or sleeping away from somebody who has this defined center. It's also responsible for sexual energy as well. So that means that if you are in the energy of somebody with a defined center and you have an open center, they're going to feel really good to you. Okay. Even if you don't, if, even if they're not treating you right, they're going to feel really good to you. Okay. So you need to understand uh, where that energy comes from. So this next center is the only other pressure center in your body and it's the root center. This center is responsible for adrenaline, okay? So people who have an open root center either manifest in two ways, okay? The first way is they're adrenaline junkie and they're the ones cliff diving, skydiving, cliff jumping, all of that. 
bungee jumping, okay, thrill seekers, or they end up being completely paralyzed by the thrill and they have severe stage fright. They have panic attacks. Um, they have issues with public speaking. Okay. So, um, people with an open root center, the pressure that they feel is the pressure to feel free. So if you, what I mean by this is if you have a to-do list of things at work and say that there's like a work happy hour that you go to after you get done with work, you are not going to be able to have fun until everything on your list is done. Yeah, I know. It sucks. I have an open road center. I know. Okay. Your, but what you have to understand is that the pressure doesn't actually exist. It's just something that you feel because this center is open, but it's not actually there. Okay. So give yourself grace, girl. But what you're able to do is take an adrenaline from other people and amplify it. So it can really work to your benefit. Now, if you have a defined root center, uh, this energy works in pulses. Okay. And um, what I mean by that is, is say that your laundry is piling up. You are either going to feel the energy to do it or you're going to not feel the energy to do it. And when you don't feel the energy to do it, you can't look for a reason for why you don't feel like doing it. You just have to understand that it works in pulses for you and you have to wait until you do feel the energy to do it and then you do it. Okay. So it's kind of like learning to give yourself grace when it comes to that. And also you're kind of immune to the pressure of wanting to feel free. Now, what I've noticed is with parents who have a defined root center and kids who have an open root center is they may feel like their parents have unrealistic expectations of them. And that pressure is not there. Okay. But that is how that kid is going to feel. Now I have to give you an example. Now my grandmother, I am pretty sure that she has a defined root center because for some reason, my entire life, I felt like she has these expectations of me that I just cannot meet, these standards for me that I cannot meet. But she's never actually said or did anything to make me feel that way. I just feel like that every single time that I'm around her. Okay, so parents, you have to understand this, especially if your kid has an open head, because the mental pressure is also there. So so yeah, this is a good thing to understand and understand that it works in pulses. So if you are a defined center, you get your adrenaline in certain ways. It may be like a quick little coffee run. Like I'm not supposed to have caffeine, but I'm gonna have coffee. I'm not supposed to have chocolate, but I'm, supposed, I'm gonna have some chocolate. You know, it'll come to you in that way. Now the next two centers don't follow the chakra centers because we've already went through seven. Um, but the next center you need to know about is the willpower center. Now, only 30% of the population actually has willpower. So this is important for y'all to know, okay? Um, so if you have the willpower center is responsible for willpower, ego, self-worth, things like that. So if you have an open willpower center, you tend to be a people pleaser, okay? And it's because this center is responsible for uh, wanting to prove yourself. So people who tend to have an open willpower center have the need to want to prove themselves, prove that they're kind, prove that they're nice, prove that they are helpful. So the example I always use is if someone has an open willpower center and they go over to their friend's house and their friend says, hey, I have to paint my house. Like I'm so bummed out about it. I don't feel like doing it, blah, blah, blah. The person with the open willpower center will often offer up their help. And while they're in their energy, they will feel like they want to help. But when they get home, they're going to feel like, shit, I do not want to help this person paint their house. So one of two things are going to happen. They're going to have to cancel on their friend and disappoint them with they're probably not going to do because they're people pleasers. Or they're going to go do it and they're going to come home and they're going to be frustrated, tired, worn out. And everything is going to feel like it went wrong. Okay. Because it's not energetic, energetically aligned with them. So what I tend to tell people who have open will centers is if they don't ask, you don't offer period. Okay. <laughs> don't keep over committing yourself because, um, it's only going to make you out of alignment. All right. So another thing with people with open, uh, willpower centers is self-worth. Okay, so there might be self-worth issues there. It's really hard for them to stick to routine. So it doesn't matter how many times you write up that diet, how many times you write up that work up, workout schedule. It is going to be really freaking hard 
for you to stick to it. Whereas somebody who has a defined willpower center, they can make routines, they can make diets, they can do whatever. And it's really, really easy for them to stick to some type of routine or whatever path they have set out for themselves. It's really easy for them to meet their goals and really stick to it because the willpower center is responsible for us bringing stuff into the material world. Okay. Now, another thing that I have to mention for people who have this open willpower center is they often undercharge for their services. I am telling you this because I am one of those people. Okay. They often undercharge for their services. Um, and it's because again, that wanting to prove yourself that you're helpful, that you're this, that you're that. Okay. So it's something you really want to pay attention to. Now, when somebody who has an open willpower center meets a defined willpower center and there's some type of power struggle, the person with the open center is going to leave the conversation feeling so drained. So be very careful with this energy and just don't even engage. Okay. (laughs) Now the last center is the spleen and the spleen is responsible for time, for your immune system, for being able to stay in the present moment, for any of your survival instincts and also survival-based intuition, okay? So if you have an open spleen center, you probably have a weaker immune system than someone with a defined spleen center. Um, You do not have constant access to feel-good energy. Um, You are probably gonna be chronically late or really, really early because you know that you would be chronically late. Um, And then you're also gonna have an issue with grudges or letting things go which could also mean addiction, okay? So people who have this center uh, struggle with letting things go for real, for real. And that could be relationships, that can be addictions, that could be anything. And what will happen is they'll get around somebody who has a defined center. And because they don't have constant access to that feel-good energy, they're gonna feel amazing in that person's energy. And that person can be completely dogging them, could be treating them poorly, could be doing everything under the sun. And they will have a bond with that person because again, they feel really good when they're in that person's energy. And those tend to be the people who are in those toxic back and forth relationships. Well, when they leave them, they feel, they start to realize that this isn't the person for me. This person doesn't have good intentions for me. But the problem is, is that they end up going back. And the moment that they get back in their energy, they feel good again. And they can't, they can't decipher what it is. So they end up staying in those relationships way too long. And then again, the addictions as well is because they don't have constant access to feel good energy. So if they get into this ultra state of mind where they feel good, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, they are going to want to continue to have that because they don't, they cannot create that energy themselves. Okay. And they don't have constant access to the present moment. So they tend to constantly live in the past and relive their situations. That's what I mean when I say that they can't let things go. All right. Um, but also their intuition kind of comes in a variable amount of ways. So they can get a gut feeling one day. They can have a clairvoyant vision the next day, have prophetic dream the next day. Their intuition kind of comes sporadically. Um And then again, they also have a weaker immune system than somebody who has a defined. Okay. Now, when somebody has a defined, these are the people who are able to stay in the present moment more often. Okay. They're really good in emergency situations, really good because they constantly have access to that survival based instinct. All right. They really usually have a great sense of time as well because this, re- this is responsible for time. But what you need to understand also is that if it's survival based, that means fight or flight. And if it's fight or flight, that means there's an imminent danger in the environment, which means that there's something that you should be fearing in the environment. So this center also has to do with fear, but specifically the fear of inadequacy, the fear of not doing enough, not being enough, not knowing enough, um, those type of fears. And they're very splinting based fears. Um, The fear of starting something new or heading into the unknown. And for these people, it does kind of feel paralyzing with those defined centers because they have constant access to it. Um, But what they just need to know is you just need to jump in both feet and just do it because that feeling is very temporary. And once you actually get through it on the other side, uh, it's going to be completely worth it for you. Now, if you have a defined spleen, I need you to do regular check-ins with your body because you are a person who does not get sick very often, which means is y'all typically wait to the last minute to go to the doctor. Okay. So constantly do check-ins. If some of your friends are saying that you do not look well, that should be a red flag and you need to go to the doctor. 
Okay. Now today we're not going to do a history lesson because human design has only been around for about a hundred years, but we are going to take this history lesson section and talk about every single energy type, because I really think that you guys really need to understand this um, in order for you to be able to live the life that you want to live in alignment with what your energy type is. Okay. All right, so let's jump into the energy types. First, we're going to talk about manifestors. Now, manifestors make up 8% of the population, and they're the only energy type that is pure energy. They are able to manifest or create the scenario in their mind and then bring it into the material world without needing help from other people. They are really good at initiating things, okay? So some of their strengths are that they're energetic, they're driven, they're powerful, influential, successful, impulsive, somewhat mysterious. But when it comes to their weaknesses, angry, irritable, self-absorbed, not a team player, impatient, and sometimes secretive, okay? Um, so how do you know if you're a manifester or not? The first thing that you need to look at is if you have a defined throat that is attached to a motor center. Now, there are four motor centers, the will center, the root center, the solar plexus, and the sacral center, okay? So if you have any a defined throat that's connected to any of these centers, and it can be through another center, then you are a manifester, okay? And then the second part of this is having an open sacral center. So that means that these people do not have sustainable um, life force energy or workforce energy. So manifestors are not here to live a conventional nine to five life. So the way that our society is set up is not for manifestors, but we're treated as manifestors, which is so freaking weird. Um, but they need flexibility in their schedule. Otherwise, they're going to feel controlled. Now, when it comes to manifestors, their strategy is to inform other people of what they're doing because they don't really need anybody else. Um, they can initiate and just start moving towards whatever the goal is. Um, but the problem is, is they tend to have communication problems. And if they're working in a team, they'll just go ahead and get started and do what needs to be done. Come back with the project completely full and complete. And everybody will be looking at them like, uh, this was supposed to be a team effort. Like this is supposed to be collaborative and you just went ahead and did everything. So you have to inform other people of what you are doing, but the kind of caveat to this is that manifestors tend to feel controlled when they have to inform other people of what they're going to do. Okay. But what they need to understand is that informing other people can improve your relationship and remove resistance and create a supportive and creative energy, a supportive and creative environment. You don't have to change what it is that you're deciding that you're going to do. You just need to give them a courtesy like, Hey, you know, this is what I'm about to do so that you can set the expectations and they don't look at you like, what the heck? Now, if manifestors are the initiators, then generators are the doers, okay? So generators make up 35% of the population and their strengths are they're energetic, they're masters of their works, they have sustainable energy and they tend to be super self-aware, but their weaknesses are that they are often frustrated or get frustrated really easy, they quit too soon, they can't just make it happen or they feel stuck. Now, how do you know if you're a generator? You have a defined sacral center, meaning that you have sustainable um, access to life force and workforce energy, okay? And then the, the second part of this is that you have no connection between a motor center and your throat. So, hate to say it, but generators are literally designed to work, um, but the most important thing for them is going to be finding work that makes them happy. So generators often feel frustrated, but it's natural for them. They must understand that the energy of frustration in order to attract new things to respond to. Okay. So a, a generator's strategy is to respond. What does that mean? You have to wait for an invitation. You can't initiate. Only manifestors can initiate. Okay. So things are going to happen to you out of the blue. You just have to wait and know that those things are coming. Okay. You can't um, decide, for example, me, that you're going to just do a podcast. So I want to do a pod podcast really bad, y'all. But this time I wanted to operate within my energy and not just jump started. So what I did was instead is I got on TikTok and I gave y'all a list of things that I wanted to do and I let you guys choose. And then I just responded to your needs because a generator responds. And luckily for me, you guys said a podcast, a shadow work journal. So I did both of those things because I'm just responding to what is, what is being given out. Okay. So <clears throat> you have to know yourself and you have to wait for a response. Um, you're not an initiator, although waiting may feel unnatural because you're a doer.
But what we have to understand is that um, sacral sounds are uh-huh and uh-uh. So that means yes and no questions are really great for generators. So when it comes to you making a decision, it might be really... Um, beneficial for you to go to a trusted friend and tell them the scenario, have them write out yes or no questions. And then you just need to go back and forth answering those questions. Um, the reason why you're going to do that, not so that you can take this person's advice, but it's so that you can hear your answers and how you feel about the situation, but also get another perspective on the situation as well. And then you go home, you meditate and you go with whatever feels right. If you're an emotional being, or you go with your gut, if you're just a sacral being. So when a manifester is out of alignment, it appears as anger. But when a generator is an out of alignment, it appears as frustration. Okay, so those should be red flags that something is not working or something is out of alignment for you. Okay, so next we're going to combine these two and talk about manifesting generators. Um, so manifesting generators make up 35% of the population. They tend to be energetic. They can do many things at once. Good at finding shortcuts, self-aware, sustainable energy, of course, because they are generators at heart, not manifestors. Um, their weaknesses are angry and frustrated because they have both components of that. Um, they skip important steps and it's not something that they can control. They just happen to be the kids that me, you can give them a list and baby, they're going to miss them. Okay. So, um, they always try to make things happen. They hate waiting and they don't finish things that they start. Okay. So how do you know if you're a manifesting generator is you have a defined sacral center. Okay. And you have a direct connection between the motor and the throat, which is manifester and generator being put together. Okay. So, um, the manifesting generators are designed to do multiple things at one time. They are the multitaskers of the group. Okay. So most people think that they're all over the pace, but they're designed, to, they're designed to get more stuff done than most people and have sustainable energy to support that. Okay. So when it comes to their strategy, they have to visualize and they have to inform. So visualize the, the idea in their head, then wait for the outcome. Feel what it feels like to have it, then leave it up to the universe, okay? So it's kind of how we're taught to manifest, okay? You visualize that and you already act as if you have it. You feel the emotions as if they are already there so that you can start feeling what it's like to have that, okay? And then the other part of that is informing because you can be like a bullet train. The moment that you see that uh, you see the world in a way that other people don't. So the moment that you see, you get a problem, you see the answer already and you just start moving towards that, but you have to inform people. Okay. Because it's going to end up in them being frustrated or them being out of alignment or you being out of alignment, because now you have to explain yourself to them. Okay. So these tend to be like the helicopter parents. I feel like, like the parents that their kid will be like, okay, I'm grown. So this year I want to do my own FAFSA. And the parent just jumps in and does their FAFSA for them. Yeah, these are those type of parents, okay? So you have to make sure that you are letting people know what you're doing and that you're also waiting for that invitation to come, okay? So you can visualize it. You can um, feel what it feels like now, but you leave it up to the universe, okay? You don't go out and initiate it because you're not an, a manifester. You have to wait for it to come to you, but you also do have to inform people because they can get kind of lost in your thoughts. Okay, moving on, we're going to talk about projectors. They make up 20% of the population. When it comes to their strength, they're amazing leaders. They're focused. They're penetrating. They have penetrating auras, absorbing, recognizing, guiding. And then when it comes to weaknesses, they're perceived as lazy, can be burnt out, highly sensitive, lack of awareness, and can be bitter. Okay, that's how it appears when they're out of alignment is bitterness. All right. So um, you're really good at managing and directing others. They call you guys like the seers because you see a more efficient way of doing things and you're able to direct people. OK, provide insight, intuition. You guys are magnetic and attractive. And then you help focus the energy of the group. So you guys make amazing managers. Now, how do you know if you're a projector, you have an undefined sacral center like a manifester, um, but then you have no defined lines from motor to throat at all. OK, so what's interesting about projectors is they don't really have sustainable life force energy. They are the only energy type that they say um, are not meant to be parents um, just because, again, they don't have that sustainable life force energy to um, maintain it. And they get worn out really quickly because projectors can actually be the people in the group that you think are working the hardest because they're able to take in other people's workforce energy and amplify it. But they tend to burn out. They tend to get to 40, throw their hands up and be like, look, 
I'm tired. I don't, I don't want to do anything else. Okay. And uh, they can't work a conventional nine to five and they need flexibility in their schedule. Now, when it comes to their strategy, they have to wait to be invited. Okay. So they can't just, you know, if somebody, if friend is having a party and they find out through another friend, they can't call that person up and be like, Hey, why didn't you invite me to you? your party because that doesn't really work for their energetic type and they can end up being frustrated because what if that person didn't want them there? Okay. Well, I'm sorry, bitter. What if that person didn't want them there? And now they've just inserted themselves into the situation and made everybody feel uncomfortable. Okay. So you got to be really careful with your projector and just wait for that invitation to come. And it is going to come. It's going to be big too. So that's love. That's career. That's your living conditions. Uh, people may think that you're lazy, but you're designed to wait. Okay. So, um, projectors can talk for days, but if they aren't invited to talk, then they run the risk of being ignored and having uh, their ideas stolen from them often by other people. Okay. So if you are not waiting and you just freely give your information and this person is not ready to receive Nine times out of 10, they're going to ignore you and you're going to feel unheard, unseen, undervalued. And you don't have to feel that way if you just wait for an invitation or the opportunity to present itself for you to be able to speak. So if the manifestors are the initiators, the generators are the doers, the projectors are the conductors. Now, lastly, we have reflectors and they make up 1% of the population. This is a very, very rare type to have. And basically, you don't have any defined centers. Everything is wide open space. You came here to learn everything. Okay. And it can be really hard for reflectors because you remember I told you all the white spaces that you have, all the white energy centers are areas where you can have the most wisdom, but also the most pain. So if you do not know that you are a reflector, it can cause you so much pain in your life. Okay. So when it comes to strengths, you guys are talkative, passionate, unique. Um, your proponents of peace and prosperity. You just want to keep the peace and the joy. Okay. And then reflect the health of their community, meaning that their community that they have around them is really important because it is going to directly affect the way that they feel. Okay. And when it comes to weaknesses, they're highly sensitive. They're very emotional. Sometimes, uh, it appears as disappointment for them when they are out of alignment and they need consistency. They struggle to stay grounded and they tend to be the clingy ones of the group. Okay. So if manifestors are the initiators, generators are the doers, manifesting generators are the ones who can do multiple tasks at one time. Projectors are the conductors. Then reflectors are the peacemakers. They keep the peace. Okay. They always know how the collective feel because they have open access to all of their energy centers. Okay. So they have to be at the right place in the right time though. And with the right people and so that they can experience happy happiness because they're constantly taking in other people's emotions. They're taking on other people's identities. Okay. So they need to be around people who match where they want to go. So they have no inner authority. They can only know uh, truth when it is reflected in other people. They need to wait 30 days before they can make a good decision. Okay. Because you're affected by your environment. Okay. You need time to process. Okay. So really care about peace and prosperity and the only energy that can gauge the collective. You guys are ruled by the moon and your beacons of joy. So reflectors are designed to be deeply conditioned by their environment. And because they have little consistency in their energy, they can reflect something new without the trauma. The gates of a reflector are important though, to figure out like where they're consistent, consistent in their energies. And when it comes to their strategy, again, wait 28 days, wait 30 days, 30 days before you make a decision. Now I just said you are ruled by the moon and the moon works in cycles of 28 days, 30 days. Okay. So, um, you need time for that energy to move through all 64 gates. And then once that energy moves all the way through, then you'll be able to make a, uh, educated, uh, decision about it. Okay. So reflectors often experience disappointment because they live in the fast paced environment. And oftentimes they don't take enough time to make decisions. So they regret it because they didn't wait for clarity. You need clarity. You operate with the moon period point blank. Reflectors are our peacemakers. 
Okay, so that is the lesson for the week, guys. So I hope that you had your human design chart pulled up and you were able to kind of review this as we went. Those are the basics that you need to know about how you are energetically designed as an individual. Next week, we are going to talk about the energy of the elements. I know I said I was going to talk about it in this episode, but there's so much in human design that you guys need to know and understand. So I wanted to talk about that first. If you're looking at your chart and you see the red lines, those are the energies that are in your subconscious mind. They can't be changed. They're very sustainable and you might not be aware of them. The lines that are black in your chart are going to be what's in your conscious mind. You should be aware of them and you have somewhat of control over them. And if you have a red line and a black line next to each other, that means that it's something you're aware of, but you can't change. It's always going to be there. Okay. So um, really, really take a look into your chart and go as deep as possible. I recommend a site called uh, H-U-M-D-E-S dot info. I'm sorry. H-U-M-D-E-S dot info. Okay. Um, it's really good for looking at your gates, looking at your incarnation cross, looking at your channels, which are going to be the strongest energy um, in your chart. And just getting to know your energetic type better and then learning your strategy and your authority. I also, again, offer readings on this. OK, so I do many readings, which are just kind of like an overview of what your energy is. And I might point out a couple channels that you need to be uh, weary of. But. I also offer full human design readings. It usually takes about an hour, 15 minutes, which is just going through your entire chart, your channels, your gates, all of it, your incarnation cross, your profile, all of that. And then the last set of readings that I offer are mommy and me readings. Now, these are just overviews of looking at how your energy affects your kids and how your kids affect your energy, where they receive energy, where they output energy and certain things that you need to know about them, depending on what appears in their chart so that you are prepared to parent them and support them in the ways that they need it. So I'm so excited to have shared this with y'all. I hope this really helped and I will see y'all next week on Becoming No One where we'll talk about the energy of the elements, the energy of the planets and everything in the energy of other people that are affecting you. Okay, because we need to understand where we receive the energy and then we can talk about how other people may affect us, how the planets are affecting us, how the days are affecting us and how planetary hours are reflect uh, affecting us as well. So I'll see y'all next week. <laughs>